Acoustic monitoring is a powerful tool when it comes to care homes providing better care. But to date, acoustic monitoring isn't as widely used as it might be. Ed Russell, the chief executive at WCS Care, was an early adopter of the technology and has worked closely with Jonathan White at Adaptive Care for many years to pioneer the use of acoustic monitoring in their homes. And some of the benefits that they have seen have been profound. For anyone leading residential care services, this is a hugely important conversation to listen to. My name's Simon Parker, and this is the Care Leaders Network podcast. Today, Ed, Jonathan, and I will discuss how acoustic monitoring is liberating social care. So John, tell me, why is it so important that we talk about new and innovative technology uh, that's transforming the care sector? Well, I think um, lots of care providers that, that we meet and we talk to uh, are at different stages of their own individual um, digital transformation journey. Uh, and it's really important that care providers are made aware of what tech is out there and how it can help. So there's some providers that we, we talk to where their, their journey, they're, they're quite far along. Um, the transformation is very mature. They've um, already brought on board different kinds of um, technology, which is going to really help them. Um, and there's others which are at the other end of the spectrum, which is something that they're just starting to think about. Uh, they're looking for advice. And then we see everything sort of in between. So um, a real big part of our job is to try and, and educate um, and, and advise and just to sort of raise that awareness as to what um, is, is potentially possible. I mean, there's, there's no one size fits all um, technology out there at the moment that I think will help everybody. So what we try and do is, is find out what particular pain points people might, might have um, and really sort of try and drill down to see what technology is going to be the best benefit and, and create the most beneficial outcomes for them. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense. Ed, talk to me a little bit about your view on the on, on the same question again, because obviously uh, WCS Care, you're, uh, I mean, prior to being chief executive, you, you were head of innovation. And I know that wasn't just kind of technology innovation, but I know that technology is uh, something that you're super excited about as, uh, as well. I guess a very simple answer, thanks, Simon, is... Um to improve people's lives uh, in living in care homes, to get a better sort of future for people um, and to help improve um, the work for carers, to be able to spend more quality time with residents. And there's no end of different technologies and ways of working that can really help that, help that happen. And it's really great to see the sector beginning to embrace that um, and looking at how we can do things better. It definitely is. And I think like one of the things that I think about, um, I'd, I'd be interested maybe to get your, your view on this, but I almost feel like if you imagine uh, the adoption of technology, broadly speaking, into the into the care sector across the board, um, almost like on a, on a bell curve and it was broken up into quartiles, I feel like we're transitioning from the kind of almost early adopter market to the to the earlier stages of the early mid market and what that looks like for me is that there's a massive uptick of technology adoption um so certainly that's my my interpretation of the situation i'd be interested to hear from both of you folks to, to see whether you agree with that i would agree 100 percent. i mean we, we still do see you know um a a, a great sort of a, a difference as i say it's just how mature people's digital journeys are so far but because of the rise of things like the scr and um, digital social care records um, and other technologies that, that, that people have, have um, 
are bringing on board, they've started to invest a lot more heavily in things like infrastructure and making sure that they've got things like the correct level of service into the building, the correct level of Wi-Fi. And there's been a lot of, of investment into that kind of, in, of, um, of improvements, which historically we wouldn't have seen. Uh, and getting those building blocks in place either in new builds, so from when people first open the doors or, or to be retrofitted into um, e existing um, care homes. Uh, I think that's made a real difference and been able to make it a lot easier. And, and also people have never been more receptive, I think, to, to using technology. I think the uh, the pandemic certainly helped with uh, with with the um, people being receptive because I guess people just had to find ways of being more efficient and digital is obviously a, a big 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 part of that. Your point around the connectivity side of things I think is an important one as uh, as well because if you haven't you haven't got the connectivity, uh, everything's all connected these days. You need that you need that strong um, either cable or Wi-Fi connection to to make sure that things are uh, are working properly. So uh, so yeah, that's uh, uh, double underline that particular point as uh, as well. Um, Ed, again, interested to hear your view. If we if we think about broadly the the care sector as a whole, and then broadly technology adoption as a whole, do you, do you think that my um, my uh, 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 I guess my my my, uh, my view around kind of where we are on that adoption curve? Do you think that's realistic from what you're seeing from the market? I'd I'd say that the smartphone revolution has changed everything forever um, because. Previously, uh, technology for care homes would have been a desktop computer of some sort, which your normal carers wouldn't, wouldn't be using every day in their jobs and, and sitting at a static desk. So for carers to be able to use smartphones um, has changed everything and the power that we can put into their hands. So I think what will, it changes adoption, we talk about technology a lot, is how easy is it for carers to use? If, if that or the end user to use and certainly when we look at any new or innovative technology that's the first thing we look at and we'll often go with technology that may not be completely polished in the back end but is really really easy for care workers uh, to use and that's for me is the biggest point and that helps adoption go through um, and uh, and I think as providers are, are getting savvy to that um, then we'll see a much wider adoption uh, of, of that of that technology um, because usually the decision makers aren't the carers at the front line so it could be someone like me getting them to use some tech that no one understands how to use and uh, it's, it's destined to fall over that's one thing that uh, I've spoken about on both my podcast and other podcasts a lot. You almost have to, uh, there has to be a cultural transformation before there can be a technology transformation or digital transformation. Um, but there's a gray area in between those two worlds. To your point, if the tech's hard to implement, then that cultural transformation and the uh, subsequent digital transformation is just going to be harder. So that, 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 um, making sure that the technology is easy to interact with, easy to adopt and easy to um, get the benefit from is just, yeah, wildly, wildly important. And you know what? I actually uh, heard of somebody quite recently uh, with a company that, to my knowledge, I thought was um, pretty easy to adopt. Um, and the team have just hated it because it just hasn't, it hasn't worked for them. Now it might work for other organizations as well, but I guess, uh, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear maybe a broader data set, but conversation for another day. Anyway, um, uh, Obviously, uh, John, your world is, uh, is is acoustic monitoring. Ed, I know that acoustic monitoring, uh, we've chatted about different things like acoustic monitoring and more environmental type technologies like circadian lighting and all sorts of wonderful stuff like, like that. Um, 
interested to hear to hear from both of you just broadly about the subject of acoustic monitoring and, and almost like where we're at at the moment because I feel like acoustic monitoring is something that is um almost in a in a development excuse me developmental phase where there's quite a lot of things on the uh, on the horizon yeah so and I'll, I'll pick this up to start with so for, for anybody that, that that doesn't know um yeah, acoustic monitoring uh proven innovation uh, which has been uh, originated in the, the Netherlands. I've been using it there for sort of circa 40 years. Um, so sensors are mounted in a resident's bedroom to help with their care at predominantly nighttime. Um, and when a uh, concerning noise is heard, uh, an alert is sent to staff to, to deal with accordingly. Um, now, the, the tagline of the, the CLB system is uh, better nights, better days. Um, and they, you know, we say we give the, the, the gift of, of sleep um, and the, the reason for that is, is that um, good sleep quality is so key because of the positive uh, effect on physical and, and mental well-being that that gives. Um, and, you know, there's there's obviously lots of different benefits, you know, operational benefits for staff. But it's these sort of well-being benefits for, for residents that um, really sort of stand out most for me and and the, um, the positive effect that it can have on, on the quality of people's life um in, in general yeah i uh i uh I, nicely laid out um i think that the, those two clear benefits around uh sleep quality i think are super important obviously if you can make the lives of the the care teams um uh easier as well obviously those are that's a that's a double du double and very very important win one thing that i've been looking at there's there's an awful lot of pioneering work happening in the in the world of of aging broadly and not kind of how aging is managed in later life but how uh aging is managed in uh kind of earlier life you've got uh people like peter atier and brian johnson who are uh doing some uh absolutely wild stuff in uh, in that respect um that i think probably some of the stuff isn't necessarily achievable for everyone but there's some really interesting learnings from that um that um stick both of those names into youtube you'll find some really interesting videos but both of them espouse this message um that like in the top three most important things that you can do from a, a, an aging and well-being perspective get a good night's sleep uh and if if people if people sleep is, is is interrupted for for any reason then that can be a uh of detriment of course and of course people sleep typically gets worse as they as they age as well so anything that can contribute positively to that is um yeah that's got to be got to be a big win for for everyone involved 100 percent. i mean i mean but my my kids are a bit older now uh so they they sleep through but i know from personal experience you know how um, you know, not being very well rested and, and having a bad night's sleep and, you know, can, 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 can um, you know, affect you. And with me being, you know, relatively young and healthy, I struggled still. So when you think if you've got um, people, you know, at, at an advanced age uh, living, you know, with, with um, dementia, for example, that really magnifies the detrimental effect on you know, having poor quality of sleep can have. Um, and one of the, the things which drives uh, unfortunately, poor sleep quality is the failure that you've got with more traditional methods of nurse call, which are reliant on interaction from the service user. So they need to have either the physical or the cognitive ability to pull the pull cord or press a button uh, to let care staff know that they need assistance. Um, and as I say, people with you know, living with dementia, for example, um, they may not have the ability to, to do that. So they're more reliant on periodic checking. 
you know, and that could be, you know, 20, 40 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever it is. Um, and unintentionally, these um, visits can be um, disturbing um, and uh, uh, cause you know, people to wake up. And what our system does is it allows people to sleep peacefully, replacing the in-room checks with continuous and intrusive monitoring using the acoustics. And from a staffing perspective, people don't need to go looking for these problems. They can concentrate on doing what they do best, which is uh, delivering care. Absolutely. And like, practically speaking, obviously I've, I've highlighted the fact um, that uh, technology adoption is um, largely dictated, uh, well, that the ease of the technology adoption is largely dictated by the preparation of the of the, of the team to get ready for the technology adoption. And then of course, the, the, um, the quality of the technology when it comes to um, uh, its usability and its ease of um, uh, kind of fulfilling its purpose, if you uh, if you like, how easy is it to deploy uh, an acoustic monitoring system um, in in it? Because I guess there are different sets of circumstances. Because you've got new builds, you've got retrofit. Um, yeah, g- give me kind of the, the 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 different versions of that answer depending on the the set of circumstances that uh, that you're uh, that you're seeing. So originally, when we first started to install. Uh, into the UK market, we had one model, which was the wired model, which meant that initially a lot of the success that we had was with new builds uh, because the system was reliant on structured cabling. So Cat5, Cat6 needed to be in place. And it was almost impossible to try and retrofit uh, a solution like that where you're going to have something that's going to cause such disturbance and mess and noise and extra sort of cost into an already operating care home. Um, now, what we've got is uh, a wireless version of, of the system. So what that means is, is that if we are retrofitting into um, an, you know, an, a, a, an operating care home, it's a lot easier. It's just plug and play. So we just need access to mains power uh, and Wi-Fi. So mains power, just a typical plug. You usually find that as part of the general arrangement in a bedroom existing. So you don't really need to install anything. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, because of the adoption of a lot of Wi-Fi based technologies, usually smartphone based, mm-hmm. a lot of care providers have already invested in um, Wi-Fi solutions, which would be of the right um, level uh, and also give the right coverage uh, to be able to adopt things like acoustics. So it's never been easier for us. Um, I think from, f- from a physical perspective of, of installation, it's like really easy for us to retrofit and for new builds. Uh, we can install the cabling as and where it needs to go to. People still want to have that that platform. But from a staff perspective, I think, Ed, if you maybe want to pick up what it's like, because it's a different way of, of working for a lot of seasoned staff, maybe. Yes, John, we, we've, we've had acoustics installed for eight years now. And the very first home we put it in was a, a retrofit. Um, and the very first call that came through for staff was um, a, a lady crying softly. And we had all the staff around the monitoring station because we were working with them to show what it was like. And, and they, they welled up with tears hearing her and they went to the room. And uh, 30 seconds later, they were, they were in the room and they found the lady um, sobbing softly to herself. And she was opening her drawers and she found a birthday card from her son and she was wondering where her son was. So. The carers quickly realised all, all that lady needed was a, a cuddle, a hug, um, and um, they were sold immediately because they never would have heard that before. 
um, that never never would have got to that lady. Even with a, a glass to the door, you'd have hardly heard that. So for all the other benefits that it does, which are, are many, that, that sold the staff straight away. So uh, just underline the importance of a hug as well. Uh, let's uh, let's not uh, by, by, bypass that one. Obviously, the hug would have never uh, never would have happened in that set of circumstances without the uh, the technology. But uh, clearly, uh, that that was an important part of the story as uh, as well. Um, am I like? Excuse me if I'm, I'm, I'm uh, if I've completely misunderstood this, but just to make sure that I'm I'm absolutely clear and for avoidance of doubt. So, am I right in saying so? Previously, retrofit cables plumbed through properties probably had quite a significant cost to the kind of retrofit process and all that type of stuff but now it's literally plug it and play make sure the uh, the connect connectivity is all basically set up and you can integrate that into a uh, into a care facility like probably 10 times more easily and with less in a kind of less invasive way so it's just way more way more straightforward I, I, have i understood that completely correctly yeah 100 percent. that's exactly how it works for us so previously, we were reliant on um, either cabling being in place if we were retrofitting. So there would be a, had to be data there that we could repurpose maybe for something that's not used anymore, like, like a phone, for example. Um, or we'd need to persuade them to let us come in and cable. And, you know, in a, in a care environment, there's never any downtime. You know, it's 24-7, 365. So it's very restrictive um, to be able to, 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 to install anything that's reliant on, on cabled infrastructure. So the Wi-Fi... Um, the, the wireless um, uh, uh, installs that we can do, it's, it's really broken open that, that market for us. And it means that uh, a lot more uh, care providers can benefit from this solution that maybe wouldn't have been able to previously just because it's so easy to install. Sure, sure, sure. I don't like I don't know why like I, I guess maybe I hadn't thought about it in its in entirety and that totally makes totally makes sense by the way I guess I was just yeah a bit of an avoidance of doubt just making sure that I got that bit, bit clear in my mind but it makes total sense I guess where we're at with technology all of these things are pretty straightforward and pretty simple which um I guess in some ways I'm really glad that I have actually asked the question because if I, I'm maybe not completely clear on it that there, there, there could well be other people out there that um that aren't com com completely clear maybe they've looked at pieces of technology in the past and they've 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 seen the kind of um some of the rigmarole as you say of trying to build in retrofit technology into a into a service that's uh um yeah as you say it's a 27 24 7 service doing that can be pretty pretty difficult so um I'd, I'd be interested to hear kind of what your um uh more obviously that was your kind of first touch point if you like that was the that was the clincher that that, that gave the, the the care team the 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 um the confidence to come back to to almost like sign off it and say yeah this is a piece of technology that we'd love to love to move forward with I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about that that, that journey and kind of what's happened over those eight years because you're clearly a, an, an early adopter uh, uh for, for this type of uh, type of technology and i guess you will have had lots of interesting experience having having had that almost decade of oversight of the uh, of the kit, kit in action thanks simon well we we retrofitted to basically try before we buy for a brand new care home that we were opening and um when we switched it on over that first year um we well straight away we found out that we got 16 residents who were awake at night um which we didn't know before and that was in a 75 bedded care home over three floors into six houses so the staff formed a wide awake club uh, for those um, 16 residents with the care plan objective of um, recognising a yawn and helping them back to bed and trying to reset that sleep pattern that, that, that Jonathan was talking about earlier. 
And uh, over the course of a year, uh, we reset um, people's sleep patterns. So we only had three people who were awake at night after 12 months. And then during that first 12 months, there was a, a, a drop off in falls of 34%. Um, again, when we started, we didn't know that was going to happen. Um, we, we didn't know how many people are awake at night and that was normal for them. And we also reduced our staffing levels. So for 75 people, we had six staff on duty in the care home. And after the um, first year, uh, we uh, reduced to, to five staff. And that reduction in staffing paid for the technology in uh, 15 months um, for the introduction for a much better quality of service. And, um, and also it, it helped us look at rolling that out across across the other sites that's brilliant you told me the uh told me about the wide awake club uh before i'm glad that we've captured that on the on the podcast and i mean a 34 percent decrease in falls that's huge obviously the implications of somebody falling over in a care service is is uh, uh really really significant uh, and i know we've had conversations before about the long life set of circumstances which uh, uh I, i'm aware of the fact that we need to continue that conversation uh and that's probably a podcast within itself um but yeah being able to have that kind of level of level of impact through the technology is just absolutely fantastic um and it's you've brought to life john's point around you can do some really, really incredible uh, things for uh, people living in the care services. And if you can make the lives easier, easier of the uh, the people delivering the care to the extent that you can reduce your overheads, um, um, that's, uh, that's that's clearly a clearly a really, really big big win. So, um, to round things round things off, I'm interested in kind of like to cast our, our minds kind of almost maybe into the future or some of the exciting things that are coming. Am I right to think that video analytics is uh, a thing and that it's something that um, will be um, becoming maybe more prevalent when it comes to almost layering in extra insight into acoustic monitoring? Yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll pick this up in the first instance. So kind of bridging the gap between the two. Um, we, at the moment, we use visual sensors, so IP cameras alongside acoustic monitoring. Um, so they're more sort of traditional cameras, so we, we need to get some uh, consent in place with, with residents. But what it means is, is that um, when an acoustic monitoring alert comes in, we can access live uh, footage into uh, a resident's room uh, and make a very quick and very accurate assessment as to what is going on and what um, sort of care decision needs to be made next. I'll, I'll just quickly add to that that there's no recording with cameras currently and there has to be a reason to look, i.e. an, uh, an alert that, that comes in. Um, but we've found that to be um, incredibly effective um, and very um, impactful on things like um, fall reduction in, in services that this has gone into. Uh, and I know that Ed has, has, has recently installed um, this kind of equipment. I don't know if you want to add anything about that, Ed. Sure. Th yeah. Thank you, John. We have installed um, cameras in our care homes. I first saw them in the Netherlands um, uh, about nine years ago and noticed it was residents wanting the cameras rather than us pushing cameras, so to speak, on them. Uh, they, they were residents there living with epilepsy and they wanted a much earlier intervention from the um, carers and they could get that. So I soon realized it was a pull from residents and from relatives rather than us pushing tech on them. So we, we set up demos, we um, uh, uh, set up information and we were inundated with requests from people, um, like a, a plug and play mentality um, or how you'd set your own privacy on your social media. People suddenly had choice about what they wanted. 
And we had very high rates of consent for people using cameras, ranging from 95 to 100% in the four care homes where we currently use them. And I mentioned falls earlier, so you don't always know what's going to happen when you do these things. So we reduced falls at night by 34% with acoustics, with no cameras. Comparing that across our four homes to homes that don't have acoustics, um, then there's a, when you take daytime falls into account, and there's a 56% reduction. Because as John was saying earlier, people sleep better. They eat, they take the medication, they've not got all the, all the associated um, discomforts from, from lack of sleep. Um, now, when we put cameras in, we saw a further reduction from falls, but already at a low level. So we've got them in um, the first two care homes. We had a reduction of 45% more falls through use of cameras. But half of that number wasn't falls. It was for people who uh, had a witnessed event that would lower themselves to the floor um, and it wasn't a fall. So we didn't have to contact emergency services and go through all the things that care operators have to do. So half of those weren't falls in the first place, but because they're unwitnessed, you have to take all the safety precautions. So, um, and I'm often asked why, why, why do you reduce falls? And I think there's less people to fall because they're asleep, firstly. And secondly, we get there a lot quicker and we can intervene appropriately uh, with, with residents. So I would say that the, the cameras, we have our own views on them and privacy, but customers have been really, really wanting them and when they see the benefits that, that, that they get. It's astonishing, isn't it? Because I think the, um, broadly speaking, if you were to miscommunicate the use of cameras in care services, I would imagine that that take-up rate would be low because people would just get worried about pri pri uh, privacy. I think that the most important thing there, uh, just to kind of double underline the, the, the point that you've highlighted, so much of that, um, 95 to 100% adoption um, will have come through really, really careful, considered, um, empathetic, sympathetic communication. Uh, I, I think that's a really, really, really important part of that. Uh, but I mean, the results speak for themselves. It's, it is absolutely astonishing. So um, John, Ed, thank you so much for your time today. It's been, uh, it's been really good to uh, speak to you and learn a little bit more about how acoustic monitoring and other technology is liberating today's care home sector. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Simon.